What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. It is Saturday, July 2nd, 2022. Happy Saturday, and I hope everybody's going to have a good, enjoyable, long weekend. Let's not forget the reason why we are celebrating the 4th of July coming up this weekend. You are listening to His Hardline, and we are doing another episode of 1% with him when we're going to be reading out of the... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. So welcome. Glad to have you here. I am Jason Jones, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ as the host. I am at their side, and they are the ones that are at the wheel. They are the ones at the helm, and they are the ones that are steering the ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. So we're going to start off by the reading. And I'm reading out of the NASB 95 edition. And it starts off with Paul describing himself. And then we'll talk a little bit about that. And it reads, Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am meek when face to face with you, but bold toward you when absent. I ask that, when I am present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and everly lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. You are looking at things as they are outwardly. If anyone is confident in himself that he is in Christ, let him consider this again within himself, that just as he is Christ's, so also are we. For even if I boast somewhat further about our authority, which the Lord gave for building you up and not for destroying you, will be, you will not be put to shame. For I do not wish to seem as if I would terrify you by my letters. For they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his personal presence is unimpressive and his speech contemptible. Let such a person consider this, that what we are in word by letters, when absent, such persons 
we are also indeed when present. For we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves, but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are without understanding. But we will not boast beyond our measure, but within the measure of the sphere which God apportioned to us a measure to reach even as far as you. For we are not over extending ourselves as if we did not reach to you, for we were the first to come even as far as you in the gospel of Christ. Not boasting beyond our measure that is in other men's labors, but with the hope that as your faith grows, we will be within our sphere enlarged even more by you so as to preach the gospel even to the regions beyond you and not to boast in what has been accomplished in the sphere of another. But he who boasts is to boast in the Lord, for it is not he who commends himself that is approved, but he whom the Lord command, commends. And that concludes the reading of chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Now, false apostles and other critics were challenging Paul's role as a true apostle of Jesus Christ, and Paul tackles one of their arguments against him in this chapter. Their attacks imply that there's hypocrisy and cowardice or both, and detractors often say that Paul was brave when he was away writing letters but lacking confidence when face-to-face. -face. Now. To put it bluntly, Paul quotes them as saying his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is of no account. And that you could find in verse 10. But the gist of their accusation seems to be that a true apostle should be more impressive in person. Apparently, the false apostles vying for the hearts and minds of the Corinthians were accomplished and forceful speakers. They also implied that the Corinthians could ignore Paul's strong letters because he would not be strong enough to back them up when he came in person. Now, Paul does not argue with the characterization that his letters are strong compared to his personal conduct, nor does he really deny that he is not impressive in person, but instead he begins by pointing to the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Now, in doing so, Paul also suggests such traits should not be mistaken for weakness because Christ, after all, humbled to himself, humbled himself to the point of death, but he was not weak. And along those lines, Paul begs the Corinthians not to make him show how bold and confident he can be in person when he next comes to visit him. And he is prepared to be surprisingly brash with those who are accusing him of lack of integrity. You can find that uh, written in uh, verses 1 through 2. Now, rivals for the Corinthians, though, loyalty, uh, Corinthians' loyalty may see themselves in a competition with Paul, but he understands it to be a war, kind of much like the war that we're seeing right now. But he will not fight this war with physical weapons, but with spiritual ones. And the spiritual weapons he and his associates wield carry the divine power to destroy strongholds for of demonic activity. And again, we're very much seeing that right now in today's world. And they can even cut through impressive but faulty arguments that these apostles are making against the true knowledge of God. Now, Paul and his fellow warriors 
will take the Corinthians' very thoughts captive, allowing them once again to believe that what is true in returning to obeying Christ, with their spiritual weapons and God-given authority as Christ's representatives, they stand ready to punish every disobedience against Christ. And this includes both the deceptive false teachers and any believers living in sinful rebellion, which we saw illustrated there in uh, verses 3 through 6. And again, that is the very fight that we are at right now, especially as people within the National Assembly. We do not fight with, with, with physical weapons. We use spiritual weapons. We use the power of the word. We use the authority given to us by God and other foundational documents after the Holy Bible. These are God-given authority as Christ as Christ's representatives. Now, after these strong warlike words, though, Paul begins to reason with the Corinthians are they confident that they belong to Christ? If so, they should remember that he was the one who introduced them to Christ, and that means Christ is real to him as well. He is not a false apostle, and Paul's authority as Christ's apostle is real, and he intends to use it to build up the Corinthians, even if that means disciplining them. He's not ashamed of that. Now, his letters are not empty threats meant to frighten them. That was never his intentions. He, was, he will follow through on what he writes. And he, he described that very well there um, in, um, in verses 7 through 11. Now, what Paul will not do is participate in a competition for popularity. And that's not what we're here to do either. His purpose is to lead others to faith in God, not to love of, not to love of Paul. He won't join in measuring himself against others, bragging about his skills and other blatant self-promotions. But from Paul's perspective, he does not need to complete, compete. He has already completed his first mission, and that was to bring the Corinthians to faith in Jesus. And his hope now is to bring the gospel to more and more people, maybe with their help. And that is also written there in verses 12 through 16. But Paul refuses to join in in a game of trading boast with those who challenge him. Instead, he's just going to boast in the Lord, as we all should. And the Corinthians of all the people, of all people, I should say, should know that Paul has the Lord's approval and that is what matters most of all. Now, I do want to read something here because this is very uh, important. So there's a very historical man in our history, especially within the National Assembly um, <clears throat> and well, in our nation in general. But he was very, it was he, this man that I'm about to just read this little short excerpt, excerpt out of, uh, like I said, I have the Founder's Bible that I have here. And it's, uh, if you haven't heard me say it before, it is a uh, 95, NA, uh, the NASB 95 edition. Um, but it has a lot of history of our world and mostly our nation intertwined into it and how different historical figures have pointed to the Bible as we do in the assembly, by the way, because that's where we get all of our authority from is the Bible. And then other documents that came after the Bible, like, I don't know, the declaration of independence and things like that. And, um, and, and there's many others like the Magna Carta and uh, there's very, very, very many, many, many more authority documents. Maybe I'll cover that one day in a separate uh, His Hardline discussion podcast. But um, but there's a man by the name of General Douglas MacArthur. Now, if you haven't been listening to the His Hardline Quick Look, the His Hardline Quick Look has now evolved into a educational podcast that will vary between 15 and 25 minutes, depending on. Uh, the subject I'm talking about. Now, what I'm reading in that particular show is the, uh, it was a, a field training manual, 
25. And that was a manual that was done by the War Department, that was put out by the War Department in 1920. It's fleeting me now. I want to say 1928 or 29. But it was meant for the Army. And it's about 155 pages. And I'm reading little sections through each His Hardline Quick Look. And it's very educational, not just for people that are in the Assembly, but for just any American in general, because it has so much very vital, pivotal information to listen to so you have a basic fundal, fundamental comprehension of where we were as a nation, where we're at at the moment, and where we are going. And General Douglas MacArthur studied under this field training manual 2000-25. Now, it was meant for anybody in the military when they got out and they went from, uh, they went from uh, military life to civilian life. And it's very, very important information. And so General Douglas MacArthur, and so that we were able to return back to self-governance because he understood where we were at as a nation, how we got hijacked. And I don't mean to turn this into a little bit of a history lesson because this is a, 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 a more of a Bible reading. However, these two kind of intertwine with each other this morning. It's very important that I cover this. And so because, again, this land that we call America is divine providence. It's one nation under God, our God, not their God, not the satanic God that they worship, but our God, the loving God in heaven, the creator. And so, and I see a couple people here in the chat board saying, good morning, good morning, you guys. Glad to have you all here. Um, but with General Douglas MacArthur, he, he studied under this training manual and he handpicked some of the brightest and smartest special forces operators and he trained them on the Constitution and this field training manual, 2000-25. And, and FDR back at the time wanted all these manuals destroyed and to have printing of them to stop. And he wanted anything else that um, talked negatively about a democracy destroyed. And that's what this field training manual does because it promotes a republic and really destroys the very idea of what a democracy is and what it truly is. See, not, not the democracy that these kids nowadays learn in school, or I should say these indoctrination camps. I'm talking like, anyway, so basically what he did is he trained, and, and there's been some copies that obviously survived, and they got still put in circulation, and we have that. And so what he did was he trained some of these special forces operators, and basically what they were doing was to um, conduct a plan to put together a plan to carry forward, which is called the Restore America Plan, or otherwise known as Project Blue Book, not Blue Beam, Blue Book. And it was a plan that was supposed to be carried out over the decades to try to get back our constitutional republic. Well, this is one of the biggest reasons why JFK got assassinated, unfortunately, because he tried to get back the power to the people and return back to self-governance. Well, obviously we are all know what happened, unfortunately. Now, fast forward to present day, his efforts are, um, and when I say his efforts, his efforts being General Douglas Arthur are being carried out actively today, starting with the Michigan General General Assembly and then with the Alaska General General Assembly and then other assemblies, the Hawaii General General Assembly and others. There's Georgia, there's Florida, California, there's Missouri. We have all these assemblies that are starting to formulate. We, the people, are coming back together. 
again, under the authority of God. Because God created us. Now, let me read this because this is very important. I tell you, I love this man. He, he's, a, he's a great figure in history. And I, I salute everything that he has done in the past. And so he pointed to the uh, book. Uh, he pointed to the verse 10.4, um, where it talks about for the weapons of our warfare, warfare are not of flesh. And so in December of 1951, Douglas MacArthur, who had been, like I said, he was the supreme commander of the Allied forces in the Pacific during World War II. And this is what he stated. In this day of gathering storms, as moral deterioration, excuse me, as moral deteriorate, I can't, (laughs) words are hard. Let me start from the top again. (laughs) In this day of gathering storms, as moral deterioration of political power spreads, it's growing infection. It is essential that every spiritual force be mobilized to defend and preserve the religious base upon which this nation is founded. For it has been has been the motivation impulse, motivating impulse to our moral and national growth. History fails to record a single precedent in which nations subject to moral decay have not passed into political and economic decline. There has been either a spiritual reawakening to overcome the moral lapse or a progressive deterioration leading to ultimate national disaster. And that is exactly how we, you know, how, what, what, we're, what we have been seeing was a, um, in, uh, an, um, a progressive deteriorate, deterioration, which kind of begs to question and makes you wonder why they, you know, some of the left, they have a little category that they call themselves as progressives. And so, um, and by the way, I'm kind of looking at the chat board. Forgive me, guys, because I, I read uh, on a separate screen or somewhere else. So I'm not always seeing the chat, but uh, let's see here. How do you share the podcast? I'm not sure if you're on the computer on the upper right-hand corner, there's a green share button, but uh, um but anyway yeah I'm, I'm not sure i'll have to check into that actually when i listen live to somebody else so i can find out for myself but um but yeah don't ever apologize for being a distraction this is what makes the podcast real i like being interactive with you guys and yes i like to keep a certain level of you know um of uh you know, we're the semblance of a show, but at the same time, though, I think it's very important that with, uh, with the podcast that it is interactive because people need to, um, you know, people need to listen and talk with the, the, the truthers that are out there and not because there's so many podcasters out there. And I'll say this, I'm not going to mention names because I'm not here to sling mud. There's a lot of people out there that, um, have a lot of arrogance and they have a lot of pride and they, you know, people that have millions and millions of downloads a month and, uh, or a year, I should say, and I'm not going to mention names, but they boast about it a lot. And again, kind of what it was saying right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we should not boast about anything other than being in Christ. That's the only thing we should boast about. But there's a lot of people out there. They boast about so many other things. And that's the wrong thing to boast about. Me, personally, not only will I boast in Christ, but I'll also boast in my weakness. As you all have known, 
and heard in previous shows, I will discuss openly a lot of my mistakes of the past and how I've learned from them. Because I think it's important that we learn from mistakes, no matter how embarrassing or what outcome resulted from that. And so anyway, but I felt it very was very important to kind of read this little excerpt, this little quote from General Douglas MacArthur. He was a true American patriot, a true American hero, and he is one of the biggest reasons why um, we are returning back to self-governance um, in in this nation and where we're getting power back to the people. So with all of that, we're going to end there. So we're going to do a, uh, a little prayer before we close this out. Now, Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day. I appreciate the tools that you provide for for me to be able to get your word out there. Thank you so much for my family. Even though this is typically a podcast-free Saturday, I forgot to do a His Hard Line, you know, 1% with him yesterday, so I wanted to make sure I made that up today. So I apologize for the delay. And um, I just want to say thank you so very much for a beautiful day. And we just pray for this nation. We pray for everybody who listens to this. In fact, even people who don't listen to this, we pray for everybody. We pray for our enemies, most importantly. Please cause them to stumble when they're trying to provide, when they're trying to carry out actions of, you know, and the schemes of the devil. And hopefully these people who are carrying out evil will have a moment of realization and they turn back from their evil ways and turn to you. And allow this podcast, allow each and every individual, man and woman out here, man, woman and child, to be used as good, solid, systematic tools on your behalf to turn people to Christ. And so we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to say thank you to all the people that are listening here live. I really appreciate all of your support. And thank you for spreading this and sharing this podcast. It really is a um, it, it really is a blessing to have all you here. And so with that, I wish you all a happy Independence Day. Remember, let's not forget what Independence Day is about. It's about true independence, not being under the oppression of tyrants. And so don't just treat this holiday as a time to um, grill out hot dogs and burgers and drink beer and go to the lake and water ski and tube. Like, trust me, that's fun. I enjoy all that too. And don't treat this as just a day to go set off explosives. While you're doing that, I mean, listen, all that's fun. Don't get me wrong because I'm a pyro. Love playing with fireworks and fire. It's just, that's my thing since I've been a kid. But while you're doing all that, I think it'd be very important to make sure you take some time and reflect and pray about where we were as a nation and where we're going, because where we're going is going to be magnificent for all of us. So with all of that, I hope you have a great day, great morning, great afternoon, wherever you are at in the world. And we will be back tomorrow. We're going to do another 1% with him tomorrow. And I'm going to actually do a couple of his hardline quick looks back to back tomorrow because um, my family's going up to the family cottage. Um, I unfortunately have to work, but that's, you know, such as life. Um, gas still needs to be hauled no matter where, when, what holiday, you know, happens, you know. But um, I always try to make sure I take Christmas and Easter off because those are the two most important for me as far as my family goes. So with that, I hope you all have a great holiday weekend and be safe. Be safe. All right. We'll see you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heartline. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. 
and you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. out our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.